Hi and welcome back to Share Your Stories with Grace and Kevin. We are so glad that you are here and listening to us again. That means you like us. Woohoo! <laughs> we um, hope you enjoyed the last um, episode. And like we said in the first episode and the one after that, we have so many amazing stories to share with you. And yeah, thank you once again. So, hi, Kevin. Hello. Today we're looking into a topic that is experienced by many but only talked by a few, miscarriages. Um, I did some research and found out that statistically there are about 250 miscarriages a year, which is quite a significant number of losses. And it's, it's, it's a wonder that, you know, there is not enough attention given to this and it's not talked about um, quite often. But today we have a guest here to share her story, her journey and her experience um, with this subject. So, over to you. Hi, my name is uh, Janine, and I wanted to talk about going through miscarriages, but I also got a 15-year-old boy, so I didn't have miscarriages before, but trying for my second, that's when I started going through problems of having miscarriages. So, after you had your first son? Yes. When did you start trying? So, I just started trying for my second, when he was eight years old, so had no problem conceiving. That was quite simple and straightforward. And then, um, but this pregnancy was quite um, difficult because from the beginning it just didn't feel right. So, um, I, and I didn't feel good in myself as well about that pregnancy. I, there was just something about it that just didn't make me feel good about it. And unfortunately. During that pregnancy, there was an ongoing phase of bleeding. It was on and off, on and off. And I did go to the midwives and the doctors and they said that was normal. But to me, that wasn't normal because I didn't experience that in my first pregnancy, obviously, with my older child. So eventually, um, I collapsed at a train station. I was actually 19 weeks pregnant and I lost the baby. So it, it was a difficult time for us because obviously... That was something that we were looking forward to. But at the same time, I did say mm. to Andrew, obviously, who's my husband, to say, you know, something doesn't feel right about this pregnancy. And so when we did miscarry, it didn't come as a shock, but emotionally and mentally, it still affected us. And it affected, mm. obviously, Adrian because he understood and he was excited to have a brother or a sister. Mm. So that made it more harder on us because... I had to deal with the emotion, my emotions. I had to deal with Adrian's emotions. Remember, he said he was by then. I think he was nine years old, so it was quite hard for me to actually fathom to say, "Okay, this has happened." Was it that one or four? Was it something that I'd done as a, as a woman to say, "Did I do something wrong?" And everything. So that was the first miscarriage and everything. So. Um, my husband was quite keen to try again. I had said to him, I'm not yet ready because obviously I felt mentally I needed to prepare myself, you know, and emotionally as well. And I also wanted to make sure my body was ready for it because obviously having a miscarriage, you have to make sure that your body is prepared to go through that process again of fully pregnant and everything. So um, put it off for, I think it was about eight months after the miscarriage. Um, that's when I said, okay, it's time. Fell pregnant, no issues, you know, you know, um, few weeks gone, six weeks, started spotting, 
I went to the doctor, the doctor said to me, oh, no, the best thing is you need to go to early pregnancy unit. They will check if everything is okay. Fortunately, I don't have a miscarriage. So making this a second miscarriage. Yeah, making this a second miscarriage. So now as a woman, you're like, oh, gosh, this is the second time. What is going on? You know, you, you question yourself, you know, especially I'm a strong believer in God and everything, you know. Mm. And I was quite quite a faithful person at that time. Even though going through the first miscarriage, I still had my faith in God and say, you know, sometimes things happen for a reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the second time round, I was like, oh, you know, questioning my faith and everything. And I just brushed it off, you know, basically brushed it under the carpet, never dealt with it, mm. you know. And um, obviously told Andrew he was gutted. Adrian was gutted. Now, I got to that stage where, like, now, if I do fall pregnant again, I'm not going to really tell Adrian anymore. Mm. I might as well just keep quiet about it. Mm. And then... Not long after that, I think it was a month, two, two, three months, fell pregnant again. Oh That's what I'm saying. I'm Wait, really... So this is within one year? Yes. Wow. So uh, that's the thing with me. I'm, I seem to be very fertile. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> very fertile. So that was um, no surprise to me falling pregnant um, quite easily. So um, six weeks went, seven weeks went, you know, I was like, okay, this is looking a bit positive. Eight weeks went, nine weeks went, I was like, okay, this is going somewhere. Ten weeks went, eleven weeks went, was at work, my stomach started cramping. So I said to myself, let me just go to the ladies, went to the ladies, noticed I started bleeding again. I was like, oh, goodness sake, I said, this can't be happening again. So I went to... So left work straight away, went to the early pregnancy unit. By this time, the doctor had referred me to a gynecologist to find out what's going on. And they kept on saying, oh, there's nothing wrong with you. They had taken blood tests, tested everything. And they said, no, it's just part of life. So, wait. wait. <laughs> part of life that you discovered, the part of life that you tried to breathe, yeah. you discovered You know, the funny thing, we, we in 2020, till today, unfortunately, Gynecologists cannot explain what causes miscarriage. They still, they still don't have that medical background to say, okay, this is exactly what's going on in your body. This is what's causing it. Unfortunately, they, they can't figure that out. And I, and I think we've got a long way. If we are in 2020 and um, they can't figure out what causes it, it's a long road ahead for a lot of women who have probably had maybe 10, 15 miscarriages and everything and been told, oh, you know, we've done tests for you, there's nothing wrong with you. So you think to yourself, there must be something wrong, mm-hmm. you know, because you can't, a doctor can't keep on saying, oh, there's nothing wrong, the blood tests have come clear. You know, I think that's where you find eventually those who can afford it, they end up going private. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when you find that, then that's when they will actually say, no, there's a problem here, this blood problem here, this is what you need to take, what you need to do. Mm-hmm. There is, it's, I think it's the unfortunate thing, you know, I'm not slating the NHS or anything. I think sometimes in these kind of situations, you do need to go private, especially if you've had more than one miscarriage. But then again, it's it's not a cheap um, option. option for many. So 11 weeks, went to the hospital. Uh, the dumb scan and they said to me, oh, are you sure you actually 11 weeks? I said, yeah, I know. It's not my first time falling pregnant, so I'm actually tracking my cycle, so I know. So they said, no, unfortunately, the baby stopped growing at eight weeks. Mm-hmm. So this was 
now my third miscarriage and I think the third miscarriage is the one that hit me the hardest because obviously mm. I was I think a few days away before my 12 week scan mm. so um, I went home uh, they said oh, you know, it will take a few days but then I realized I was in a lot of pain so I had to go back to the hospital and they done an examination say oh, unfortunately the baby's sack is still clean you so they asked if I wanted to take a tablet and just wait for it to come out at home. I was like, no, I don't want to see this in my toilet. Mm. You know, it's it's already affecting me emotionally and mentally. And then I must go and wait for this to happen at home. No, I think the best option was to have surgery. You know, so I had my surgery scheduled in the next day or at the NC. That was, which went fine in everything. Within that period, obviously, I needed my body to heal. I needed to get to that stage where I get my normal cycle. That was a nightmare. So, went for my three-month checkup, and they said, no, everything is fine, you know, you should get your period back within the next month, so maybe four months after the surgery. Four months came, five months came, because my appointments were every three months. Hmm. So, I went back to six months, and I said, no, this is not happening fast. I did notice every month when I was meant to come on my cycle, I was in excruciating pain. Mm. I couldn't sit down, I couldn't laugh, I couldn't do anything for, I'd say, a period of five days. Mm-hmm. So I get, I kept on getting fobbed off. That's what I felt because they kept on saying, oh, okay, we'll give you some tablets to make your cycle come back. They said, oh, you should come back within a week. Nothing happened within a week. And the and what was happening is every time this was happening, I was in a lot of pain. So in the end, um, Andrew and I reverted to go to see the Chinese doctors. Mm-hmm. So um, I decided. So we decided to have a cup in and acupuncture. That was for me especially. And somehow it reactivated my cycle because I could see, but Ooh. something, something just wasn't normal. And yeah. I said. I sit down and I said, it's, you can see it wants to come, but there's something that's not right. There's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. So finally went back for another appointment. And uh, I saw a black doctor. He said, no, this is not normal. I said, well, if you tell you, if you told your colleagues that this is not normal, maybe by now it, I would have been sorted out. So then they said, okay, we'll have to do a internal examination with the camera just to make sure everything is fine. So... Never had anything. A letter came through just to say, oh, you have your appointment in the next month to have a checkup. And I'm like, so when am I having the internal examination? He didn't say anything. So I got there. They're like, oh, Mrs. Davidson, are you ready for your, your internal examination? I said, no, I'm not because you didn't send a letter. I said, but anyways, since I'm here, I might as well do it. And I did mention to them, I said, you know what? I think I did, my cycle did come back because um, I was in a lot of pain. So... Mm-hmm. You might see some, you might not, I don't know. But as soon as they done and the examination, they found that I had a blockage. And this blockage was actually caused from the surgery I had. Mm-hmm. So once that was all clear, I was back to normal, my happy self and everything, you know. So by this time, it was three miscarriages. So um, I had taken two weeks off because mentally I couldn't go back to work. I just wasn't ready. Yeah. I just needed time to myself. Um, went back to work. I, I think that 
lucky part and I wouldn't even say lucky, I was blessed to have such a supportive boss. Mm. Um, she gave me all that time to write. She even, she noticed the change in when I came back because obviously while I was going through this, my whole mentality and my whole focus at work changed. Mm. You know, I found that I was just not doing things the way I should have been doing them mm-hmm. at work. And then when I went back, I was back to my old self. So then my mom and dad came on holiday in July 2018. So by that time, we weren't con- concentrating on pregnancy. We were just getting on with life yeah. because it was just too much. Mm-hmm. So I said, no, let's just get on with life. Let's yeah. just enjoy what we have. We've got Adrian, it's a blessing. Do you mm-hmm. know what so I mean? that happened within the space of two years. Yes. Yes, three, yes, three miscarriages. <laughs> Lost count. <laughs> four. I've had four in total. I think. Yeah. Yes. So four, it was. Four, yeah, four, so it was yeah. three. Uh, yeah. Then 2018. I I think I had fallen pregnant in the like the March, but I didn't take note of it. Right. I just like oh please, you know, I just yeah. left mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And just as well, I didn't take note of it because I miscarried in 2018. That was now my fourth miscarriage. So. So I haven't gone through four miscarriages. Yeah. I mean, four is a lot in a, in in a very short space of time. Yes. As a Christian, we must ask how this affected your faith. It it's affected my faith to the point where I didn't believe in God anymore. You know, and I think that was the the hardest part for me because I felt that that that's what got me through miscarriages. That's what got me through um, dealing with emotionally. But I think when it happened fourth time you're like oh, okay now this is just a punishment from god do you know what i mean mm. and mm. so it took it took me a long time to find my way back and it, and then i thank god actually i found my way back to you mm. say so, you know it's not god punishing me it's it's just it's just my body rejecting what is not right to come into this world mm. that's the way i looked at it you know so mm. yeah my faith was really tested not just my faith, Andrew's faith was really tested as well. As a whole, our faith was tested. I would say even with Adrian, because as a family, we're a family, we believe in God and trust in God as mm. in everything that we do. So it was, our home was tested to that point where somehow I think we had to go back to basics and you know start all over again. Mm. And I think that's the way we moved forward to trust in God again. I, like I say, I lost faith in God. I don't know if Andrew lost his faith. I think he always had the faith and everything. And I, I think he, he was pushed to the core when it came to his faith. But that is one thing he held on to. Mm. And told to this day, mm. he holds on to. Mm. You know, so when I did get back my faith and everything, I think that was the turning point for me to just, you know, take life as it is, but with God in, in, in my life. That's good. Yeah. Mentally. Mentally, I mean, your body going through that much, one would question, why would you, you know what I mean? I know you're you're quite fertile, that is undeniable, (laughs) (laughs) without saying. Yes, that's correct. But for every time you you know how fertile you are, you know there's a possibility you could get pregnant, but you you still Went went on with it, knowing that you hadn't. Going through your story now, you I don't think you really took the time to deal with it no, mentally. No, I, I didn't take the time to deal with it mentally. That's why I said when 
I had the third miscarriage because obviously when I had the second one, I just like brushed it under the carpet. And then when I had the third one where I was almost 12 weeks, I think that's why I was saying that one hit me the hardest because I had to deal with the second miscarriage. So how did you deal with it? Did um, you feel like you had people to talk to? Yeah. I mean, you know, this is a subject that I don't know if it's a thing with women in general, if it's a cultural thing. Mm. But most people that miscarry almost feel a certain shame yeah. to talk about it's it. It's not something to just talk about. Just deal with it myself. Exactly. Yes, there was a shame, but I felt um, I had the family support. Andrew was supportive, even though it did put a strain on our marriage. He was supportive. And I had my cousins as well who were very supportive during this time. So if there's a point where I was feeling down and out, I knew I had someone to turn to or to talk to about it. And I decided to get counseling as well. Very well. So Very I, well. I was getting counseling over the phone. I'd done it for me. So that's why I looked into doing that. And I think that was the biggest part. It's always good to talk to an outsider because an outsider can view things totally different to mm, family yeah. mm. and can actually help you in a way that you wouldn't expect mm -hmm. to be helped. So that really helped. And I think that's how I managed to get through what I was get, go, going yeah. through. You mentioned you did feel shame. Yes. Yes, was, <laughs> yes because I had a firstborn. I yeah. didn't have any issues with my firstborn. So for me to have four miscarriages I'm like oh my gosh you know I'm I'm a woman who can fall pregnant but I can't carry to full term so it brings mm. that shame on you to say that mm. that just mm. Mm. there's something wrong there's something you. wrong I'm not fully a woman you know it makes you question yourself as a woman it makes you question yourself as a a mother as a wife as well to say I can't I can't give my son a sibling i can't give my husband a second child so it makes you question yourself mentally and emotionally but for some reason i think by the grace of god i got through it mm. yeah some people would just be grateful for one child absolutely but why keep going why did you have to have i think i've always i've always said to myself from when i was young i grew up in a family where there was the two of us so i know what it's like to have a sibling I know what it's like to have someone there to support you and everything. And I think that was my biggest main push. And to have Adrian not have a sibling, it always used to eat me up. And another thing, as in African culture, it's, it's expected, especially for the older son, that you cannot have one child. And Andrew is the older son, so it, it is expected of an, uh, an older son in African culture that you cannot just if you can't produce one child with that woman or your wife you can produce it with someone else wow andrew and i uh, have been through so much and we've been together for 20 years now so i'm like no i'm not giving up on this yeah you know and it's i've always wanted to have two, two children it's always been something i said you know i i have to have two children so even though it affected me mentally physically it affected my marriage it affected my, my older son i thought to myself I will not stop. And I didn't stop. At the expense of your health? Yes, at the expense of my health. Yes, it affected my scalp to the point where, obviously, I'm seeing a specialist for that. But, yeah. Not really sure how I feel about that. <laughs> yes, I'm not, I'm not sure about my stance on that yet. Because 
I know you want you say you wanted more children. Yeah. Four miscarriages. Thank God it stopped at four. Yeah. What if it had carried into ten? I think, you know what, um, I'm a believer that if I could have a child without any problems, there's a chance I would have always had a second child. Perhaps it wasn't meant to be? Mm. There there's is no, that there, element? There's, there's no such thing as it was never meant to be. Wow. <laughs> would you know. have considered adoption? We got, got to that stage where um, if things weren't going to be resolved on the NHS and they weren't going to be able to advise me the issue, was we were going to look private to see what my problem was because obviously there was an issue because you can't say uh, someone who's carried a child to nine months and then have four miscarriages and be told oh there's nothing wrong with you everything seems normal but I think when I fell pregnant with Lucas I think that well the gynecologist they mindset had changed as well because as soon as I fell pregnant with Lucas I was put on progesterone uh, suppositories for a period of 12 weeks. Mm. So I got a feeling either my progesterone was very low, that's why I kept carrying, but as, as, as usual, they couldn't find out the, that was the cause. I know normally we think that women are the only people that go through the motions yeah. in yeah. miscarriages. How has this impacted Andrew in, in, in all of this? I mean, he has stood firm yes, he by has. you, but I think it's safe to say that he would have gone through his his emotions as well and how did he actually deal with those well andrew yes he did go through the emotions and i don't think he showed them too often because i think if he felt that we talked about it for some reason we would land up in an argument because we mm. got to a stage where i said to him this i, I don't know what what stage of miscarriage i had gone through and i said to him how long are we going to keep doing this mm. You know, mm. and obviously that is something I think that hit him to the core to say, well, I still do want a second child. You know what I mean? Right. Mm. You know, so it, there was that tension there. So I felt that it wasn't easy to talk about it, but the support was there. Because I, he, he was dealing with his emotions probably when he was going to the gym that way and everything. And dealing with it while he's at work and everything but oh i think for some reason he didn't want to show his emotions because he felt that he needed to be a man to support his wife son who were going through this difficult moment Mm -hmm. so a a lot of credit goes to him because he has been supportive through these miscarriages he's been he's been my rock to be honest and um I wouldn't have done it without him. Mm, you know, mm. if if it was another man, another man would have said, you know what, this this marriage is over. Mm, mm, mm. You know, even though you've got one child already, some men are like, no, 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 this marriage is over. There's no point going on. So yeah, Andrew is my rock, and yeah, it did affect him, but I think he dealt with it in his own way because he didn't want to bring up the emotions for me. Mm. So yeah, would you say this has brought you like brought you stronger as a family? Yes, it has made us strong as a family because, um, I mean, we've been through it as a family. So it's shown that we've got a lot of strength and that's mainly from God. Mm. You know, without God, I don't think we would have stood firm as a family. Mm, mm, mm. So, yes, we are very close enough as a family and, yeah, praise be to God. Amen to that. Um, Aiden. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Did he, obviously... He's also a boy, and yes. I don't know how he deals with his emotions or if 
he was able he, did he feel comfortable talking to you as parents did it how did it impact him well adrian when he gets upset um he gets very emotional so it's, it's something that he, he doesn't find it easy to talk about his mm. but um when he gets upset he will cry about it that's when i know okay you know we need to sit down and talk about it mm. not mm. as much as it is difficult for him we did sit down and talk about it Andrew and I sat down with Adrian and talked about it and said you know what no you know I know you you want a sibling I know you want a brother or sister but it will happen in due course I think that's why I got to the stage where I stopped telling him I was pregnant because mm. I think it was too much on him emotionally mm. Mm. you know mm. so yeah but I think as parents we had to make sure we were there for Adrian Mm. give him the emo- emotional support mm-hmm. and also at the same time us dealing with it. Okay, so you there is another baby. Yes. Thank God. Woo-hoo. Yes, Woo-hoo. my ra- you've got baby. <laughs> <laughs> my rainbow baby. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, so thank God we got the little <laughs> baby that we wanted. How was that? So, I'll talk about the pregnancy. So, when I found out I was pregnant, I, was, I, I found out when I was pregnant when my mom and dad were here on holiday. Okay. I didn't tell them. I didn't tell Andrew. I didn't mm. tell anybody at the, actually. And then I was going to keep it to myself because I was like, oh, I'm so tired of the disappointment. Mm. You know what I mean? But then, you know, eventually I was like, oh, let me just tell Andrew. You know what I mean? Mm. In case if in case if there was something wrong, you know, at least there's the support. Mm-hmm. There was the support and everything. Um, I told him, and was like, oh, okay, but there there wasn't the excitement because mm. there wasn't mm. the excitement for me. There wasn't the excitement for Andrew because of what we've been through. I didn't tell Adrian, actually, mm. but. Mm. For some reason, I think he suspected, and because he, he even asked me, "Says, Mama, are you pregnant?" Oh, bless you, probably not. <laughs> I was like, the sign. "Yeah, because I you're like, a shower." I was like, "No, no, no, I'm just not feeling well. I'm just not <laughs> feeling well." <laughs> you and, are a shower, and I didn't show it a lot at home. At home, you, you, you I now I hid it at home. Oh, oh dear. My God. <laughs> I, I used to wear Andrew's baggy uh, sweaters and oh. jumpers and everything. Even my cousin was like, my mom, I, no, I remember we were having a barbecue in, in, in Barbara in terms, we call it a braai. <laughs> mm, mm. And, um, oh, oh dear. Gosh. I was like, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so my mother and my cousin just looked at me and said, oh, it's just a bug, please. It's just a bug. Yeah. <laughs> but I think they knew already, everybody knew. We didn't say anything until I think I was four months. Mm. So three months, uh, we didn't say anything because I still ha- I had to go for tests. Mm. They, they said, oh, oh yes. yeah, yeah, I had to go for those tests and everything. So we didn't say anything. And then when the tests came back clear, that's when we mentioned it. But we still never got excited for the pregnancy. We, mm. we took it each day at a time because... Mm. Um, we just thought, you know, well, we don't want to get too excited. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We don't want to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. And during this pregnancy, um, because of what we went through, yeah. uh, our sexual life went on hold. Yes. So because... <laughs> <laughs> poor Andrew. <laughs> Actually, this was Andrew's decision. Oh, so God, poor, poor you then. <laughs> <laughs> so poor 
but Janine, who was very hormonal and who wanted sex a lot, couldn't have sex. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I understood his point of view because he felt like, because in a way he felt like he was partly to blame it. Well, mm. that he was the cause of it so he's like no he, let's just stay off sex until everything mm. until we have the baby and everything so it, it was it was hard but i understood where he was coming from and it, eventually well, i stopped thinking about sex i just thought <laughs> <laughs> i just thought about the health of the baby yes. and everything mm. you know mm. Mm. so it was a hard pregnancy because i also suffered from sciatica so it was very difficult on my back and and my hips so it was it was a struggle for me to walk in it. Mm. and i was i think i was actually bigger than adrian so it was quite a lot on my body but i in a way i was happy on the inside but i didn't show it on, yeah. on mm. the outside yeah. you know so then we came to obviously where he, the cesarean was scheduled in for lucas Lucas, our rainbow baby. <laughs> yeah, everyone thought I would give birth naturally. I actually thought I would give birth naturally, but unfortunately, I didn't give birth naturally. I had a C-section. It was something that we arranged because obviously with Adrian, I had an emergency cesarean. So the second mm -hmm. born, they made sure they scheduled one in. But if I had gone into labor naturally before the C-section, I would have tried to give birth naturally. But that didn't happen. So it came... On the 29th of April 2019 at 11.35. How precise. Yes. <laughs> I'm very precise. Now he's, he's a cheeky 19-month-old boy who keeps us on our toes, who is the joy in our home mm. and everything. And yeah, so glad that I came. Very Hope well. I do have a question. At yes. what point did you know that I'm going to have this baby? You know, this one is yeah, here to stay. Yeah. yeah. Um, when I passed the three-month stage. Oh, that early? Okay. Yeah. When I passed the three-month stage, I was like, okay, this is a good sign and everything. As much as I still had um, anxiety, because I did have a lot of anxiety during this pregnancy, mm. I always thought, oh, you know what, this pregnancy is here to stay. Good. And I affirmed it with God to say, God, this pregnancy is not going. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> welcome not. back to faith. Thank yes. God for that. <laughs> yes. Um, you're falling pregnant. Obviously, it's just, Lucas is here. He's mm -hmm. a happy boy. Um, always smiling. I've met him. Did that happen by the NHS or did you have to go private? No, everything went... Obviously, when I had my first third miscarriage uh, that's when the doctors referred me to the early pregnancy unit because I had gone earlier and when I had the first miscarriage and they said unfortunately statistically you need to have three miscarriages before you are actually yeah. referred to a specialist on the NHS wow. oh wow so that's why it took long wow that's shocking actually that's yeah, that's yeah, that's shocking. Yeah. yeah, so I had to have three miscarriages to actually be referred to a specialist, obviously, who done tests on me. Who, I was prodded, poked and prodded. And, and yet it, there was no yeah, why. There was no why. And I, I think every time I left my appointment, I left deflated mm. because I, I was looking for an answer. I wanted an answer and they just couldn't give me that answer. Mm. 
mm. you know mm. and like you say did uh, I talked to people about it um, I remember I met a pregnant lady at um, site I'm based at she was pregnant and funny enough we got talking and everything you know and um, for some reason miscarriages came up mm. you know I, I don't know how that topic came up and she said oh you know what I've also gone through the same thing mm. Mm. you know mm. and uh, she said the only way she managed to carry that child full term is um, uh, auntie made a uh, herbal medicine mm -hmm. so um, she told me if when I do fall pregnant if I wanted to try the herbal medicine she would refer me to her auntie and I actually also tried the herbal medicine and did that work it must have <laughs> 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 it must have and I was also on aspirin as well aspirin aspirin because um, aspirin for some reason thins your blood and yes, yeah, that, yeah, and sometimes uh, during pregnancies, sometimes the blood is not thin enough. Some for some reason that mm. can also cause miscarriages. Mm. So while I was conceiving, I started taking aspirin. Mm. So I took that till I was thirty-six weeks pregnant, and I stopped oh. taking it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, what happened? Okay, so I have one more question. Okay, last question. Um, so. Again, baby, rainbow baby <laughs> is here. Yes. Was it straightforward? Was it just, okay, I've had my baby now and this is it. Was there any, because this is the baby you've been trying for yes. such a long time. Yes. Were you, was there a bit of protection or let me just keep him or I don't want anyone to touch him for at least, you know. Yes, I was actually very protective over Lucas. It took me a long time to even trust Andrew, even mm. to hold him. Oh, mm. Mm -mm. You know, and I think I had to let go because obviously I had a C-section, so I couldn't do everything oh God, on yes, my own. So I had to give him the reins and say, well, it's your turn to look after the baby and yeah, everything, yeah, you know, yeah. you know. And yes, there was that protectiveness for a very long time, actually. You know, I got to a stage where I trusted uh, Andrew, I trusted Adrian. But even my close family even said, by now you'd have dropped Lucas off, you know, for us mm. to look after him and everything. And um, I was like, yeah, 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 just just brush it off. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And then even Andrew said, he, he said you got to remember with Janine this, with what she's gone through, yeah. you've got to give her a bit of a break that she would be so protective. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And even till today, I've not left Lucas with anybody. Oh, wow. mm. No, I haven't. And is why is that? Do you what 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 makes you overprotective? I think it's it's because of what I've went through. Mm. You know, I think I've eased off a bit because I've had to let the reins go. Because obviously, returning back to work, I've had to put some yeah. Obviously, with COVID, um, it's not easy working from home and looking after. Yeah. It, mm. it's actually it's quite impossible to do anything <laughs> so he was going to nursery for like five days a week from 8 30 to 12 30 and then i'd pick him up but that made it difficult for me to do any work. so i extended it to 3 30 yeah. so he goes to nursery 8 30 to 3 30 and i think 
it's given me that confidence to kind of let go. I, st- I am still protective, but I'm not as protective as I used to be mm. because I've had to trust the nursery yeah. to look after him. Because if I didn't trust them, I don't think Lucas would have settled well the way he has settled. Because mm. mm. yeah. mm. children pick up their mother's vibes. Mm-hmm. Even yes, when they, they do. Even when they're not with you, they pick up those vibes. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So this has been such a traumatic experience for yes. you. Obviously with a happy ending. Yes. And there's so many women out there going through this who can't talk about it or feel they can't talk about yeah. it. Do you have any word of support or advice for anyone that is going through this at the moment? The most important thing is, I know there's a lot of women who um, don't like talking about it, but I think... You need to talk some talk to somebody about it because it will eat you up emotionally and it will eat you up mentally and physically as well. Mm. You know, so I always say if you can't talk to family members, try and get counselling over the phone. You mm. know, and it's never too late to try. Mm, 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 I kept mm. trying and I've got Lucas now. So I always say try and talk to someone because it's always important to actually m- make people aware that miscarriages do actually happen. Mm. It's, it's not a secret. It mm. happens. Mm. And you'll find that every day there's a woman who's miscarried. Mm. So I always mm. say talk about it because you find that you can get support from a lot of ladies and you can get ideas yeah. mm. to try and help you actually carry full term because women have tried so many things. Yeah. Mm. So I always say, talk about it. Don't be ashamed about it, and don't keep it to yourself because yeah, definitely, it's, it's just not worth it. Mm. And just to in rounding up, um, just going back to what Kemi said, the statistics <laughs> yes. of miscarriages, it feels like it's just something that's brushed that it just happens and you just don't talk about yeah. it. Yeah, um, there's a tendency of if. It, because it's not talked about or it's not seen as a loss, mm-hmm. you've lost a child. Yeah. Um, people are not as sensitive. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I understand. I understand what you mean because, unfortunately, some people don't know how to empathize when it comes yeah. to miscarriages. Yeah. They feel, oh, well, miscarriage is not like it was a baby. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you need to empathize because at the end of the day, it's a woman who's losing that child yeah. mm. well losing a fetus which could turn into a baby mm. people mm. need to learn to empathize and i can understand what you mean because i obviously i got to that stage where i didn't want to be saying oh i've miscarried again because mm. yeah. yeah. you feel mm. like like it's like a broken record yeah. mm. <laughs> you know mm. yeah. but yes i think you need to be able to empathize with women who go through that and actually men and then mm. the partners who go through that because it's something that they, they want. It's not happening, unfortunately. Mm. Thank you so much. Thank you for having Thank me. Thank you for sharing this. I know and I hope actually that as some women and men listen to this, that they will be encouraged. Some people that have gone through it, yeah. they find strength mm. in it. And that's the purpose of this, just people sharing their stories so we can give strength. Yes. other people that are yes. going through it Indeed. so thank you so much thank again. you for having thank me it's you. been a pleasure working with you too thank you. crazy thank lady you. <laughs>
always a pleasure. <laughs> and now thank you so much. It's yeah. been a pleasure. It's something I've always wanted to talk about and I'm glad I did. And I'm glad you did it on our platform. Yes. yes. Thank you. Without crying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at some point there, I actually did think you were going to go. Yeah, my voice was yes. shaking. I was yes. like, no, Janine, you're not <laughs> going to cry. <laughs> Um, so yeah thank you so much once again thank okay. you um, for listening um, I really hope that someone out there is encouraged and is blessed and just finds hope in their situation um, yeah so until next time um, thank you for sharing you're welcome thanks for caring Yeah, <laughs> and we will see you signing out Grace and Kimmy